right now, may he experience your healing power, may he experience your goodness in a tangible way. Jesus, we ask that you would stretch out your hand and make him whole again. Father, we thank you that you hear us when we pray. We thank you that you respond when we call on your name. So would you do this in Jesus' name, we ask. Amen. Amen. Today, we're going to be looking at 1 Kings 19, and we're going to read right from verse 9 through to verse 21, if you want to turn there. So, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel-Maholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen in front of him, and he was with the twelfth. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran to Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. What a fantastic story. Uh, I, love, I love the character of Elisha. I love to, to read about him and his audacity and what he did. And this, um, this story for me just shows how utterly bonkers Elisha was. Because why on earth would you follow Elijah, right? Elijah's out in the wilderness. He is being persecuted. He's being chased down. He's depressed. He's doubting God. He has no idea where he's going in his ministry. And yet Elisha just follows him wholeheartedly um, in a way that is just remarkable. 
Last week we looked at um, Luke 18 and we looked at four stories of people who encounter Jesus and how Jesus responds to them. And one of those stories was the story of the rich young ruler who comes and um, asks Jesus, what does he have to do to inherit eternal life? This guy is rich, he's powerful, he's secure, it says he's kept all the law, he's a righteous man, and Jesus tells him to sell everything he has and give it to the poor. And the man leaves disappointed. Yet here we have Elisha. And what does he do? He just gives up everything. He gives up everything and just goes and follows. In fact, he burns his plough. He cooks his oxen with his burning plough. He he literally burns his bridges. He sets on fire his old way of life and says, now I'm doing this. Now this is where I'm going. And just think about that. Think about what what that really means, right? So this is... This is his livelihood, this is his trade, this, this is everything that he was doing before. He can't go back at any point. There's no wavering, there's no doubt. He is all in. He has put everything on the black at this point and he's gone, right, that's it, that's where I'm going. But the fact that he's ploughing a field with 12 yoke of oxen, Elisha is a rich man from a rich family and he's forsaken that. He's just given all of that up to follow a man who just a chapter before was starving in the desert, hiding away from other people. So he's given away all of his wealth. He's given away his status. I mean, this is a a man who is from a rich family. We know his family. His family are named. He has prominence. He has importance. He's out doing a vital job. And he gives up his status. He literally burns his status. He burns his wealth. He throws a party, almost, to celebrate the sacrifice that he's given, and then goes to follow Elijah. Even just the madness of following Elijah at this point in time, even when Elijah allows him back to kiss his father, there's that provocative question there. What have I done for you? What have I done to you here? What am I getting you into? Elijah's saying. I think... Sometimes, um, sometimes we come to God and we receive the, the salvation and the hope that he has. But we don't burn our plows. We don't burn our bridges. And actually, sometimes Jesus calls us just to go all in. Because often, when you have a plan B, that's what you end up doing. Jesus says, just here, here is plan A. Let's just go for it. Let's just push on. Let's just sacrifice. Let's just give in. Let's just give up. I was just talking with um, some of the formation students that are, that are here on a Thursday before about how I ended up in my current role. I was in a great church. I uh, had a good job with a good salary. Um, my wife was working for a big Christian charity on a, on a good salary. And our church was exciting and was alive. We were, we were in quite a, a good role of leadership. We'd pioneered some ministry that, that had started and had grown and was really successful. Had gone from, from nothing to being something that was ministering to dozens and dozens of lost people every single week. The church was in the middle of a big £14 million building project. 
uh, and I'd been asked to help kind of coordinate some of the fundraising and some of the networking and putting videos together and, and stuff like that and it was fantastic. I was recording albums at this church, I was uh, able to lead worship at, at big events and big festivals and then one day I was sat in a prayer meeting and someone came and reminded me of a prophecy I'd had when I was a when I was baptised at the age of 13 about a calling that God had for my life. And I just started to realise that even in full-time Christian ministry in a place of comfort, I, w- I wasn't all in. I wasn't all sold out. The adventure that God had really called us to, we weren't fully living. Now you could look at that and we had a great ministry. We were seeing fruit, we were seeing people being saved, we were seeing people being healed. Yet God started to call us to a little church a few miles down the road that couldn't even afford to pay a full-time pastor to fulfill the wild adventure that God was calling us to. To fulfill something of what, what it was that he really wanted us to do. The thing is, I'd been in this place before. I'd been in this place before, before I actually even came to London. I was working full-time as a coffee shop manager, determined that I was going to do ministry my way. That I was going to work full-time and have a, have a good income and then give all my spare time to God for the ministry that he was calling me to. But it just doesn't work like that, does it? God started to, started to arrest us and called us and called us to then move to London, a place I'd never wanted to move to. I'm a proud Mancunian, very sorry, but I love that place. And, and it was hard, and yet God was like, Do you know, I want you to go all in. But even then, even then in that place of full-time ministry, of fruitful ministry, of, of, of good stuff, God was then saying, actually, that's not even it. That's not even it. So we took this job at at half pay and about four months in my wife and I sat down and just said, you know what, the the figures here just aren't stacking up, we're going to have to do something else, you're going to have to go full time, we're going to have to juggle childcare, we're going to have to work out what we do here and we sat down and we spent a day fasting and praying and again felt that call from God, you need to go all in, you need to go all in. And we felt God saying that actually my wife needed to reduce her hours and reduce her salary, which we're effectively living off, in order for me to do the ministry that God was calling me to. We're like, "Mm, that doesn't make sense. We just told you we're struggling for money, God, so you're telling us to take less. But we did it. We decided to just obey that voice of God. And we've never been more financially blessed than we had in that year. Still, God was calling for more. God was calling for more. Just last week, my wife decided to resign from her job so that two of us would live on a half-time salary. I don't say that to to brag or reverse brag about about money and finances. But I just felt today like God wanted me to share with you that actually actually we're called to burn our plough. We're called to push everything else aside and pursue after him. Those stories that we read last week, they appear in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark and Luke. 
And um, the third story that we looked at is actually a little bit longer in, a, in the book of Mark. Let me just find where we are now. There's this moment where Jesus talks about the fact that the fact that this rich young ruler had been called to give up everything but couldn't do it. And then he goes around and he says, follows on, you'll remember some of this from, the, from Luke 18, but it, Jesus goes further in Mark. And Jesus looks around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. This is in Mark 10. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. But here's the extra bit. Peter, who I often identify with as the kind of foot-in-mouth disciple, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. I have discovered again and again in my life that you cannot outgive God. That the more you surrender to him, the more he fills your life with his generosity, with his purpose, with his grace. And that you find yourself more fulfilled than ever before. It's a powerful, powerful lesson. And I just wonder today, as we, as we pray together, as we, as we worship together, as we respond to God now, I just wonder if you've gone all in. I wonder if you've burnt up your plough. I wonder what God is calling you to give up for the sake of the kingdom. It's a simple message today. There's not many points. There's not much that's profound in there. But it's that heartfelt, that gut-wrenching call to give everything that we have. Because actually, that's the only way to find true wealth. It's to store up for yourself treasure in heaven. It's to, it's to give away everything you have that is worldly, that you would attain that which is eternal. So what is it for you? What is that plough for you? Is that your job? Is that the other things that you would do other than serve God? Is that your status? Is that your wealth and your finance that God is calling you to sacrifice today? I don't know. I hope you've been encouraged just by a simple message, just by reading through some of the scriptures, but I hope me just sharing some of maybe our journey and our, our journey of faith encourages you too. I don't say that to kind of, to humble brag. I just say that to say, this thing works. God's word is true. We can't outgive God in his generosity. So let's pray together. Jesus, we, we want to fill our hearts with your kingdom. We want our treasure to be in heaven. 
to be eternal, to be unspoilable. Jesus, we want to to lay all that we are, all that we have on the altar, to put it in the fire and say, here we are. So Jesus, I just thank you so much for every single person who's here today. I thank you for the calling that they have on their lives. And God, I pray particularly for those who, uh, who may be in that story when they hear of, of Elijah and all the mess that the man of God is in. Maybe think a little bit about the painful history of serving and working in the church. Who maybe have had experiences of trying to serve you where they've been hurt and broken where they've experienced struggle, where they've been boxed in or forgotten or pressed down. God, I ask that today, in spite of that, in spite of that situation, that they'd be able to give their heart to you afresh, unguarded. And that as they do that, you would bless them Bless them with the treasures of your kingdom. Bless them with the joy of an adventure totally defined by you and where you would lead. In your name, Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen.